Welcome into this week's edition of Talking Ball. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined as always by Rod Babers. Uh, Rod, um, huge game coming up in Austin Saturday. I, I, okay. I, that may be putting it lightly. Um, top six teams in the Big 12 standings play Saturday. Uh, for those that don't know, that's Kansas State at Texas. That's a seven versus 25 versus seven matchup. Then you have Kansas at Iowa State. Kansas coming off the big win at, against Oklahoma at home, Iowa State. Matt Campbell's working his way in the coach of the year contention once again in the Big 12. <laughs> and then you have Oklahoma at Oklahoma State in the last Bedlam game. And, uh, Rod, you played in Stillwater. I yes, don't. Sir. I think this will be the craziest atmosphere at Stillwater in the history of that stadium Saturday when Oklahoma rolls in there. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of that, but, um, but we're also really going to be focused today on Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. He met with the media about 1130. Uh, and then we're going to really get into Texas-Kansas State. We're going to take a statistical look at Kansas State, get Rod's. Rod's watch Kansas State a couple of games here. Mm-hmm. Got to get Rod's thoughts, where we think Texas can attack K-State, what K-State might try to do to win that game. Uh, before we get into all that, let's take a second for the sponsor of Talking Ball, and that is John Donovan of LonghornWealth.net. John is a proud University of Texas graduate and shares his Longhorn's passion with his wife and six siblings all of whom are University of Texas graduates. John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, and estate planning services and solutions to all his clients. John has served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas Exes board member, and his love for University of Texas is why he chose to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni and UT employees. This is Halloween week, and while many of you might find dealing with your personal or business financial matters to be a haunting experience, Longhorn Wealth Management Group can can take all of the mystery and fear out of the process by helping you truly understand, analyze, and select the right financial solutions for you, your family, and your businesses. So treat yourself to a 90-minute free consultation to explore how Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and secure the financial future for you and your loved ones. Just give Don John Donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. Thank you again, John Donovan, longhornwealth.net, for being the sponsor of Talking Ball. All right, Rod, uh, first thing is Steve Sarkeesian's press conference. Um, I know you'll have a few takeaways from the press conference. Here's mine. I had two. Jalen Catalan listed as week to week with Ethan Burke and Quinn Ewers. Mm-hmm. I was hoping he would list yeah. Jalen Catalan a little differently. That's not a good sign for Catalan playing Saturday because I think he'd be really key for Texas uh, with what Kansas State's going to bring to the table, which you'll talk about. The other thing was Sark mentioned physicality, the word physicality a lot. Yep. He knows yep. what his team's up against Saturday. It's going to be as physical of a game as Texas has played all year. Yeah, and that's why, you know, throughout the years, we've often talked about, you know, the purple kryptonite from K-State. And I think it was because, you know, stylistically, culturally, you know, they matched up really well. You know, styles make fights. They matched up well with Texas culture. Texas culture was about, you know, the the five-star athletes, bringing in the best athletes available. Uh, Texas has a lot of resources. A lot of people talk about entitlement within the program for years. Uh, you're going up against K-State, which is all about that blue-collar mentality. They, they're kind of the island of misfit toys. Uh, everybody's kind of throwaway guys, the guys who were too short, the guys who weren't uh, big enough, the guys who weren't fast enough. K-State takes them, turns them into great football players. Very blue collar 
uh, culture there. And I think their culture clashed really well and matched up well with Texas culture until, say what you want about Tom Herman, but Tom Herman's football teams were tough. They were physical yeah. football teams. They weren't always efficient. They weren't always effective, right? But they were tough physical football teams. When that era of Texas football started, Texas started matching up really well with K-State. Because hey, and Sam Ellinger's the perfect K-State quarterback that never Ooh. played for the Wildcats. Exactly, right? Yeah, Colin yes. Klein is jealous of Bam Bam Sam. Yes. So when you get that toughness and physicality, that matches up well with K-State's culture. Yeah. That's when we beat K-State in 2002 on the road at K-State. At 2 team, you know, we won 11 games, but we were tough and we were a physical football team. That's what it takes to beat K-State. I think, uh, you know, Steve Sarkeesian knows that. And that's why Steve Sarkeesian has matched up really well with him. Remember the first win was pretty much running a wildcat with Rojo. And then you out-physical a K-State team at home. And then you go up there with Rojo and Bijan and pound it out and end up making some clutch plays and winning the game last year on the road. So you know what type of game is going to be. That's always the game is going to be against K-State, no matter what generation of Longhorn and K-State football you're talking about. Yeah, hey, Rod, that's a great point. Because Malik Murphy will be starting his second game of his career Saturday. Do you see a scenario where Texas goes to that that ground and pound a little bit more than we expect? Because here's the here's the way I look at Kansas State, and you tell me if I'm wrong. They're going to come in to Austin, and they're going to watch that Wyoming game, and they're going to say, we can do that with QB run game threat and better players and we're going to walk out, we're going to out-physical them guys, and we're going to walk out with 36 minutes and 30 time of possession and a victory. How is Stark going to combat that? The yeah. way, to me, the way you combat that, all right, we're going to do the same thing to you in your smallest three-man front. Stop our run game. And we're going to control the clock, and you're not going to have a chance to do that to us. That's not necessarily Sark's DNA as a clock. It's not. So, so if if he was game playing this week and said, that's my best chance to win this game with an inexperienced quarterback, does he do it, Rod? That's a great point, Jack, because I totally agree with you, man. You start thinking about, you know, even last week, right, BYU's offense was mediocre at best. But they put together a 10-minute drive in that game. Took a lot of plays away from Texas. Took a lot of time away from Texas. And, yeah, you brought up the Wyoming grain. Rice was able to do that, right? They had a drive in the second half that was, like, the entire quarter, basically. If K-State can do that with, like, two drives in the whole game. They got two drives. This game is going to finish an hour and 50 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And to Jerry, I hate to add on to it, but with Texas' red zone issues right now, 120th in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone, you combine that mentality with a bend but don't break style on defense. That's the issue. Boom. And then you can make Texas pay for not cashing in the red zone. So I'm with you, man. I, I think that would be the game plan for K-State. They are they are a they are power spread multiple offense with movement and with a, a ton of misdirection. And as you pointed out, Jerry, they put defenders in constant conflict, especially yes. second level defenders. They put them in constant conflict with the quarterback run game with misdirection and movement. And that's going to be the key for Texas in this game, too. So I'm with you. I think that's, that's how they slow the game down. They just want to run the football, but they're going to occupy eyes and put uh, defenders in constant conflict while they do it. So Rod's watched a little bit of both of Kansas State's losses, and they happen to both be road losses. Kansas yep. State's one and two on the road. Their only win was at Texas Tech where, you know, everybody's having success this year. But they lost to Missouri 30-27. Now, these Oklahoma State beat Kansas State totally different than Missouri yep. did. 
And so Texas is not going to replicate what Missouri did. And Missouri still – that was early in the season. Kansas State lost a lot defensively, especially in the secondary. They weren't up to the challenge of Luther Burden and those guys at that point. Ooh. And Missouri still needed a 61-yard field goal to win. But, Rod, I want you to talk about how the best coach in college football that never gets enough credit, Mike Gundy. How did he attack Kansas State? Because I'm of the belief he has an NFL running back at, at Oklahoma State. Yeah, and, and he understands that you can run the ball on this Kansas State smallish but athletic three man front. Uh, they yeah. are not a big front, and they're quick, but they're not big at the point of attack. How? What did you see from Oklahoma State uh, the way they went at Kansas State? Because they, hey, look, they took it to them a little bit. They had a pick six on top of it. They did. Uh, first of all, yeah, their defense came to play. Uh, they they uh, forced multiple takeaways and will uh, against Will Howard, forced him to make some bad decisions. But offensively, I love what they didn't. Keep in mind, Mike Gundy and that Oklahoma State defense at one time, they ran the three high, three down exclusively. That's what they did when Jim Knowles was there. So if anybody knows how to attack it, it's Mike Gundy. And go look at how many three-by-one sets he's running. That's the trips to one side or – three receivers to one side and then one a single receiver to the other side a lot of three by one sets in different way in different ways right sometimes it's with the flex tight end sometimes with the inline tight end sometimes it's three by one with the nub a nub tight end on the back side different ways to do it but that three by one sets and i talked about you want to be extreme when you're going up against the three high three down and then that negates a lot of their disguise if you're extreme in your formations extreme in your presentation and your personnel groups then they will abandon their disguise and distortion to get to their alignment and assignment and i think that's what gundy was doing i was surprised i, I thought i was just going to see a couple of three by one sets man it was all throughout the first half of that game, three by one, three by one. I'm not even done. I'm going back to go look at the second half of it. A lot of three by one sets, and they were able to run the ball effectively that way by stressing that defense and stressing that second level. But also, they were able to every now and then find them in single coverage on that single receiver side and hit for some big uh, skinny post routes, some uh, some nice big plays on that backside because you could tell it sometimes as Iowa State, sorry Iowa State, uh, oh you could tell that um, K State was they were zoning that trip side, seeing they were playing man on that other side. Once Oklahoma State found that out, they started going to that man side a lot more. So I think just that that, that being extreme in your formations. Also, they ran a lot of like wide splits too at times. They would just widen the receivers once again to force that three high out of yes. its shell disguise yes. and then have to get to their alignment assignment. Now, Sark can do this in a lot of different ways. And by the way, in that Missouri game, same thing. Now, you said you're right. Missouri actually attacked them through the air and they threw it a ton, but they still used a lot of three by one sets to do it. When I looked at the, the Missouri game, I counted six plays. All right. Six plays of 20 plus yards passing the football out of their three by one sets. They were chunking the ball down the field out of three by one sets. And I think I'm not saying that you need to do that a lot with Malik Murphy, but it is a way for you to be able to exploit them and force them to reveal their coverage and force them to reveal whatever their uh, front seven front seven is going to be. I think that's a great point, Rod. And so here's Kansas State now. Those two losses were when they were only playing Will Howard. And this is where we take people. Now Kansas State's changed their dynamic offensively. They're playing Avery Johnson and Will Howard. So they got Tech. Tech didn't know it was coming, right? It's what we talk about. You know, Sark says, well, there's things on tape we had not seen. 
Well, Kansas State broke out Avery Johnson on Tech, and he ran for five touchdowns. 13 <laughs> carries, 90 yards, five touchdowns. Oh, and yeah. there's no way Tech could be prepared for that. I've joked around because uh, Tech talked a lot of trash in the offseason. But in defense of Joey McGuire and those guys, there's no way they could have been prepared for what happened to them in that game with Avery Johnson. It just wasn't there on tape enough. Um so if you're Kansas State, obviously what, what has made this game so intriguing to me, Rod, uh, when I've had it circle all year, was the interior of the Kansas State offensive line probably matches up with Sweat and Murphy as well as any team Texas has played, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, Texas still has to find a way to win those battles against, I think, the toughest interior offensive line uh, they're playing all season long. Uh, but now with Avery Johnson and Will Howard, how are, how have things changed for Kansas State, and how are they going to stress Texas more? Because we said, I don't, I call it, I jokingly said Jalen Ford had an off week last week because they didn't put him in conflict. He could just go flow and play football as a regular Mike linebacker. Not mm-hmm. this week, not no. this week. It's going to be sleepless nights again for him this week uh, because they're going to try to put him in conflict. And to me, the reason you put Jalen Ford in conflict is to really test the guys on the outside of them, right? That's exactly that, right. Yep. That, that's, so what do you see? How do you see Kansas State attacking Texas now with two different quarterbacks? They're not going to put the ball in Avery Johnson's hand to win it through the air, but they could put it on his feet to win it in a certain way. How do you see Texas defending them? Um, and if you're Texas, you know, what kind of challenge does this present? Uh, a lot of challenges. Like I said, they they are constantly putting defenders in conflict, whether you're talking about the pre-snap movement, trying to occupy the eyes of the defenders, uh, when you talk about the misdirection, also trying to get that defender to, to make a one false step or be a step behind in this read. Uh, when you talk about the RPO and the play-action pass, they use a lot of RPOs, uh, and it makes sense, especially considering the dual-threat quarterbacks they have. And then, yes, on top of them, occupying eyes and using a lot of misdirection right, to, to, to try to get you tempted in one direction or another the quarterback run game ultimately the quarterback run game will keep the second level defenders in conflict because they have to make sure that before they drop into their coverage area that that quarterback is not taken off that they got the quarterback contained there's a specific package that i that i saw though in that uh game versus byu and um my man ian boyd brought it up when we did the in-game live watch where they have anthony hill Jalen Ford and Mo Blackwell. You were big on Mo Blackwell's yeah. performance in that game BYU. Uh, Jerry, you talked about him a lot in the post game, and they have him. They have those three linebackers on the field with Baron Sorrell at DN, and then Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy on the at the D tackles. And honestly, they blitzed a lot with that group. That didn't it didn't fit BYU. Like I don't know why you need to be that versatile, versatile and that multiple versus BYU. Considering Keaton Slovis didn't present you with the type of conflict that Dylan Gabriel mm-hmm. or Donovan Smith did. I think they were testing it. I think they were troubleshooting it. I think you may see that package a lot. It provides you with versatility, and you have hybrid defenders on the field. One, you know, you can have Anthony Hill, or you can have Mo Blackwell either blitzing, flushing that that quarterback from the pocket, or spying that quarterback in the pocket. Those guys work really well in both those roles. Interchangeable, if you will, in those roles. I think that's why he broke it out. I think you're going to see it a lot versus K-State potentially. That may be one of the ways that you want to adjust to that very multiple running game that they're going to present to you because it's a lot of different ways they, they uh, want to hurt you in the run game. And I think for Texas, you know, the biggest issue will be once the linebackers are conflicted, and they will be, they just have to be with the way that K-State's going to attack you, mm-hmm. 
how do the Texas DBs hold up when they have to? Sometimes they have to play man-to-man coverage, and at times they're going to be left on an island. Now, the K-State wide receiving core is not what U of H was. It's no. not what Oklahoma was. So I think Texas DBs should be able to match up pretty well there. What I worry about are the running backs in the passing game for K-State, which they use a lot of, and the tight end. So they haven't really faced a really good tight end this year. BYU's yeah. tight end actually pretty good, but Keaton Sloan was going to give him the ball. Nobody uses their tight end at Texas face as much as K-State does. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. They yeah. love Ben Sinat. They use him a lot. That's the second le- oh, by the way, Jerry, to add to the second level conflict of eyes occupied by, uh, you know, the, the RPOs and the pre-snap motions and the misdirection, and then also the quarterback run game keeps you in conflict. Don't forget, second level defenders will probably be responsible for guarding the most productive tight end in the Big 12 and Ben Sinat. There's no doubt about it. And that's yeah. the, that's a big task for the Texas linebackers. And I do, I do, I agree with Rod. I mean, and Ian, Anthony Hill, Maurice Blackwell, it's, we're not a talking physical testing here, but that's as athletic of a group as Texas can put it out around Jalen Ford at linebacker. I mean, that yeah. is as athletic of a group and they're going to need that because Avery Johnson can get the edge on you and he can really stress you sideline to sideline rushing the football from the quarterback position. Rod, I want to read you some stats real quick. Let's do it. Okay, just so we know. Kansas State, 56.4% third down conversions this year. That's third in America. Wow. 94.3 in the red zone, 12th in America. Um, The reason the 56.4 is meaningful for me is what we talked about earlier. Kansas State is is playing a lot of third and mediums, third and shorts. Probably a lot of third and shorts in reality. And they're going to they're going to see what Wyoming did to Texas. The first down run defense is going to be huge for Texas Saturday. Just huge. Yep. I mean, it's going to be huge because Kansas State is going to run the football. I mean, just look at what they've done since they've changed quarterbacks. Here's the here's the interesting one for me though, Rod. The Kansas State offense has played six Power 5 teams this year. Okay. The Power 5 teams' average rank in total uh, defense in America is 81. The only defense they've played inside the top 50 is Missouri. Here's the ranks of the Big 12 teams they played. UCF, 107. Oklahoma State, 99. Texas Tech, 51. TCU, 79. U of H, 102. So Kansas State's beat the snot out of TCU and U of H back-to-back weeks, but those are statistically two of the worst defenses in the league. Um, So Kansas State has not faced 
a defense with the athleticism and talent of mm. Texas. Yeah. Here, here, here's my question for you. Sark said physicality, physicality, physicality. So he obviously thinks his team hasn't faced a team as physical as Kansas State. What is that going to – Texas is going to be more athletic than Kansas State. But how – Kansas State's going to bring the physicality. What do you think's in front of this Texas defense uh, that they didn't even face against Alabama? Because Alabama's offense wasn't physical in that game. Texas yeah. beat them up on the line of scrimmage after they started being playing with attacking feet. What do you think Texas is going to face in a different level of physicality in Kansas State? Because Kansas State's going to have to adjust to the level of athleticism Texas has, which they have not seen this year on defense. Yeah, um, yeah, I do. And that's why I wonder. I know they're going to run the football, you know, big games to win big games. You got to break tendency. My yeah. teams are ready for what you're going to do. You got to break tendency. Uh, and I wonder how K-State's going to do that. And I wonder if you could see them um, run some uh, some early pass concepts, not really uh, difficult pass concepts, not low percentage passes, easy completions. I'm talking about the uh, long handoffs pretty much, screen game, uh, flood routes, things of that nature, just easy completions. Um, because, again, Texas, I'm with you. We've seen it multiple weeks in a row. Offensive coordinators essentially or play callers refuse to run the football and admit they refuse to run the football up the middle against Texas because they may have the best set of D tackles right now in the country. If you're looking at the pro football focus rankings, they got Tavondre Sweat as the best, uh, highest graded D tackle in the country. And Byron Murphy is a top 10 guy, too. They really set the tone for Texas rush defense. So if if, if K-State wants to just run the football, and you're right, they do combat it well because they got a really good interior O-line. Um, the, the thing that Texas is going to have to do is trust their DBs at times to be on an island and add an extra defender to the run game. Yeah. And if they do that, they'll be playing some man man coverage on the back end. But K-State's wide receivers shouldn't have some big advantage athletically on one-on-one versus Texas DBs. Matter of fact, I think Texas DBs might have the upper hand there. And if that is the case, play some man coverage or play more man concepts because you're going to need that extra defender in the box. And that's why you talked about loss of Jalen Catalan being a big loss in this game. It is because he's one of the few defenders that can play the run from depth. He can play the run. He can deter a lot of vertical concepts, play at 12 yards, and then run the alley and still be a force in the run game in the box at the line of scrimmage. Not a lot of safeties can do that really well. You see safeties try to do it. Uh, say Texas has you know decent safeties. Taff and Keen Crawford try to come down and do it. Sometimes they're successful, and sometimes they just whip. That's a really hard thing to do to come down. Hard thing to do. Right. That's why he was an All-American. <laughs> exactly. And this is the kind of game where that really does help, having that presence. Think about all the big games. They wanted Jalen Catalan out there early. Bama, Oklahoma, and this game would be the same too, but Insane. obviously they don't have them. So I, I'm with, I think they got to play some man. They want to mix it up. You don't want to play too much man because you got dual threat quarterbacks and you don't want your backs to that quarterback too much. But that's why you got spies like Anthony Hill, um, guys like Mo Blackwell. And when you do play man, that's going to be adding another guy to the to the run game so that they can be they can have a force and an extra guy in the run game. Also, if you can get K State in predictable pass situations, which nobody's been able to do actually the last few weeks, if Texas can do that, like you said, and right. win on first down then they can blitz a little bit. Yes. And Texas has been blitzing really well, actually. And, they, and he'll turn the ball over. Yes, exactly. They both yes, got one quarterback. Interceptions in three road games. That's, that's exactly it. I think if you, you're you right on the on money there, Jerry, if you can get them. But it's tough to get them yeah. in a third and long. But if you can do it, 
I think PK will dial it up. He's been blitzing a little bit more. Four of your last five turnovers in the last two games have been with a blitz, a company with a blitz. They're making better plays, a company with the blitz. Last thing we're going to do on Talking Ball after I uh, talk about John Donovan, our sponsor once again, Rod, I'm going to get your thoughts on Malik Murphy. Game one, headed to game two, uh, kind of a couple days after your thoughts on Malik's performance. Yeah. What's maybe ahead of him with this Kansas State defense? Because he's going to face a different level of athleticism Saturday. Uh, but before we get to Rod's thoughts on uh, Malik Murphy, I want to take a second again for our sponsor, uh, LonghornWealth.net. John is a proud UT graduate and shares his Longhorns passion with his wife and six siblings, all of whom are University of Texas grads. That's an impressive in its own right. Uh, before you even read about John Donovan, John is a certified financial planner who has spent over 30 years providing investment, insurance, retirement, and estate planning services and solutions to all his clients. John has also served 14 years as a Dallas, Texas X's board member, and his love for University of Texas is why he chose to dedicate his firm to serving his fellow UT alumni and UT employees. This is Halloween week, and while many of you may find dealing with your personal or business financial matters to be a haunting experience, Longhorn Wealth Management Group can take care of all, take all of the mystery and fear out of the process by helping you to truly understand, analyze, and select the right financial solutions for you, your family, and your business. So to treat yourself to 90-minute free consultation, explore how to Longhorn Wealth can help you develop and secure your financial future for you and your loved ones. Just give John Donovan and his team a call at 972-707-4900 or visit longhornwealth.net. John has earned the Million Dollar Roundtable Award from his industry multiple times. He's also a finance BBA from the prestigious McCombs Business Honors Program. So again, John Donovan, longhornwealth.net for all your financial and insurance needs. All right, Rod, last thing. Malik Murphy, what's, well, first, I want you to kind of grade his performance, thinking back on it now, game one. Yeah. And game two, what's ahead of him against Kansas State? Because it's, the athleticism is going up a couple of notches. Yeah, I'm going to go – I'm going to go B minus. Okay, on that's what I did. I got a B minus. And, I, you know, you know, young players, they're, they're – first of all, these are teenagers, actually. But even young players at a professional level, they have a hard time developing a baseline of performance, a baseline of consistent performance. So you see the wow plays, but you also see the what the plays, yeah. all right? And he had those, right? He had the wow plays. You go that, that pass to A.D. Mitchell, the long one, even the, the pass, the touch, the second RPO, touchdown yeah. pass. Was a great one, right? On the money, you saw the velo, you saw the arm talent. Uh, so we had some of those plays. Then you saw the the interception, um, you saw the fumble. And so those are also those WTF plays. He will get a a more consistent baseline or performance the more that he plays, and I think you'll get a drastic improvement from game one to game two, considering this guy hadn't played football in so long. And you could tell. I love that Sark brought this up in the presser too, uh, Jerry. He brought the fact that. You know, even the fumble that Malik hadn't played football in a long time and that in practice, as we've talked about, you know, usually he tried to get that play off in practice and probably right. is comfortable with that, you know, basically with with that internal clock and in practice being able to get that playoff, even if, does, if it doesn't go exactly as planned. Mm -hmm. But in the game, 
guys are trying to do harm to you. Even Sark is like, yeah, it's a little different. He just hadn't realized that in the game, they're trying to do harm to you. You lift that arm up in practice, they let you throw it, finish your throwing motion in the game. Guys are trying to knock that ball out and hurt you at the same time. Yes. So yeah, so you're I think it's just the 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 poise in the pocket for him, the the presence in the pocket for him, ball security, all of that I think will improve from start one to start two. The question is, and Sark brought up the fact that they've talked about adding touch and accuracy to his game. That's something that he naturally does. We know he's got, you know, the fastball, um, but he, he's trying to layer some throws. He's trying to add touch and accuracy to, to some throws. And I'm glad that Sark brought that up because a lot of Sark's playbook is the intermediate passing game um, and some of those those uh, kind of more nuanced uh, passes, not necessarily the deep ball all the time or the short, intermediate, long handoff pretty much. So I think he did, for a guy making his first start, I thought he did pretty well. Rod, you know where I think game two is really going to improve for him? I think it's going to move slower pre-snap for him. Mm -hmm. I I thought there were some times where maybe he wasn't noted. He didn't even look to make sure his receivers were set, right? He maybe a couple of snaps got to him quicker, you know, because everything's the process is moving so fast before the snap. To me, that's almost where you feel the pressure in your first start. And once you have the ball in your hand, you pretty if you're not playing on instincts, you got issues at quarterback, by the way. But I think it's pre-snap where you know that you feel that pressure, right? So you're like, yeah. especially when you you have it Sark's offense, you have the shifts, you have the motions, you know, you haven't done this. The last time he got hit, he broke his ankle or foot in the state championship game. That was the last time he got taken to the ground as a football yeah. player. Um, but what do you think K-State's going to present to him? And I know they're presenting it to him and Sark, because if, if, if this was Quinn, we'd be talking about the same thing, right? Yep, what would. do you think K-State presents to Malik, and how difficult is this task going to be for him? Yeah, as a young quarterback, right? I mean, you you throw everything at him. Once again, you saw him struggle when they came out to blitz him. Uh, you obviously, when BYU lined up in that look, they put about six guys, six, seven guys across the front. <laughs> and then dropped one uh, defender. He was the one to end up getting the interception, came yep. after with the blitz. It sped up his internal clock, and there was a panic moment. That's what you're trying yes. to do. You're trying to induce panic <laughs> in that young quarterback as much as possible, uh, and a lot of times the blitz is a, is a great way to do it. So I think you'll get uh, pressure packages via the blitz, but also you'll get simulated pressures where it's going to look like a blitz, smell like a blitz. That young quarterback's going to be thinking, all right, this is a blitz, and then, boom, it's just going to be a four- or three-man rush. You're going to get those. So simulated pressures, you're going to get a blitz. And I, I think you're going to get some complicated, exotic coverage looks at times, too. Already out of three high, they're somewhat exotic. But I think you're going to get exotic looks. Just try to force, uh, basically try to force Malik into deeper, into progressions. Right, A lot of these throws are going to be predetermined throws, getting rid of the ball quick, knowing right. exactly where he's going to go. They're going to try to take away that first read. They're going to do their best. They don't actually know where it is all the time, but you're going to see them. They will try to take – they did it. That's what BYU did when they dropped their defender. They will try to take away that first read. A lot of times they're going to assume that's AD or X-Man. Take away that first read, force him to pat that ball, hold on to that ball just a little bit, and then that's when, like you said, that's when the nerves for a young quarterback will start kicking in. That's when he may get a little bit indecisive because I know Sark's big on rhythm and timing, so he wants that ball out quick. Especially especially with Malik this week, especially this week. So if I'm Kansas State, Rod, the one thing I saw with Malik, and again, I'm not taking a shot. He's a young quarterback. He played off his back foot too much for me. So if you're Kansas State and you sit on tape, you're like, "Mm, mm, I like this. 
So how's Kansas State get him on his back foot? Because I don't care how strong an arm you have, if you're off, if you're playing on your back foot, that ball, everybody can make a play on it. What does K State yeah. do? How would you attack Malik if you watch tape of him? If you're Kansas State, yeah, it actually lines up too, right? Because the weakness on your offensive line is also the interior of the offensive line. I'm not saying they're weak, but right. hell, Kelvin Banks and Christian Jones, those are obviously your strengths on the offensive yes. line. Uh, so if you're going to attack the Texas O-line, you want to do it through the interior. And I think you're going to get some interior pressure, whether it be blitzes up the gut or you're trying to get maybe some of those simulated pressures. I talked about twists and stunts, try to get guys free up the interior, because what does that do for a quarterback? And Malik's not a dual threat, even though everybody wants him to be. He's, one not, a dual threat. He's not a dual threat. Quarterbacks, especially ones that are stationary quarterbacks, pocket passing quarterbacks, they hate pressure right in their face. Right up, right up the gut, because that forces them to abandon the pocket. All right. And if he's got to abandon the pocket, that's what you want for a young quarterback. He's going to be on the move. And that's one more thing to add to the questionable footwork that you got. You got you got the pressure coming right at him. And trust me, the last thing you're worried about is his footwork at that time. So that's what you want to do. And for a quarterback like like um, like Malik, who's great at the RPOs. A lot of times that pressure right up the gut takes away that first easy read for a quarterback, then forces him to look elsewhere. And I think that's what they're going to try to do. Uh, pressure right up the gut is the best way to do it. I'm going to end this show with two simple requests. Hayden Connor and Jatavion Sanders, make this the most physical game y'all have ever played at the point of attack. That's all. That's my simple request this week. Jatavion Sanders, attack a K-State defender the same way you attack a football in the air intentional and yep. with physicality. Damn hey, right. Connor, this needs to be the most physical game you've played as a Longhorn this week, in my opinion. Um, so, again, for Rod Babers, it's been Jerry Hamilton. This has been this week's edition of Talking Ball. We'll be back later this week with the quarterback room where we'll take a closer look at Malik, and we're really going to take a look at, at the Kansas State uh, two-headed uh, monster, we'll call it, at quarterback, because it is kind of a monster if you – if you can't handle the uh, run and pass together. So, again, for Rod, this has been Jerry Hamilton. This has been this week's edition of Talking Ball. Hook him.